Latino Heat. What's up, loyal listeners of the Wrestling Map Podcast? This is Matt Kelly, the blueprint, the mainstay of your main event, and we are breaking it in to WrestleMania month here on the Wrestling Map Podcast. I'm up first. We're breaking down this full match. Eddie Guerrero, Latino Heat, Kurt Angle, the Olympic hero, WrestleMania 20 at the Garden. It just doesn't get better than this. Oh, it's true. The hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Wrestling Mat Podcast. Bang, bang. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Oh, baby. You heard it, that Latino heat. Woo. It's the Maddie Daddy, and we are back. We are rocking. It's the month of March. You know what that means. It's WrestleMania month. And you heard it from the Latino Heat, the blueprint himself. We have a mania to cover tonight. Not just a mania, a mania match. The Olympic hero and your Latino Heat. But speaking of Heat, let's introduce our own blueprint. What's up, Maddie? Daddy is good to be in here. And it's, dude, WrestleMania month. Are you, like, are you kidding me? We're already at freaking WrestleMania month. It's just... It's crazy. I'm happy for it. It's the best time of the year. But, man, we're in the thick of it. WrestleMania month. Not only are we reviewing old WrestleManias, old WrestleMania matches, but everything that's going on present day is through that lens of WrestleMania. So, I'm stoked, man. Oh, baby. So much to talk about, man. It is, like you said, it's the Mecca of months. And not only March, we get a little bit of the feels of April as well. Mm-hmm. A two-night WrestleMania. As much as we complain, thanks, Coven. Two nights. We get the <laughs> mania. You know the Wrestling Matt podcast can be doing something big for mania. We're going to start tonight. And uh, Matt, what you did our first live stream raw, or, or not live stream, live tweet, where you were – Knocking it down, dude. How was that experience for a Monday night from what all this can kind of lead us right into the new segment. But first off, what were your impressions of your experience Monday night on Twitter? Who, Maddie, let me tell you, bud. Uh, I'm happy on, I'm on mountain time. Uh, that, that certainly helps my cause. Um, <laughs> watching raw wire to wire for three hours is a very different experience. A- admittedly, I will try to find the, the the shorter version of Raw. I'll skip some parts sometimes. But honestly, we picked a hell of a week to start that up because from the opening bell, did you watch McIntyre, Sheamus? They beat the hell out of each other. Just two big dudes, just slugfest, man. Golly. Like, I know Drew said it at the beginning, and I was kind of like, okay, yeah, whatever. He's just talking it up, and I'm thinking they'll get 10, maybe 12 minutes. There was like four commercial breaks in that match. It was like the, the the first half hour of Raw. It was insane. And then, of course, you know, we got the whole uh, play along with The Miz. And I, I, I was first off, I was shocked that the match happened with Bobby Lashley and The Miz to begin with. But then when they set up the second one, I was watching the time. I was like, man, I don't know how this is going to work. But uh, we couldn't have picked a better night as we got a new WWE champion and Bobby Lashley and the Hurt Business, man, on the map. Did you see that picture circulating on social media? What an influence MVP has had on that stable, those wrestlers, just in general. So I wouldn't say journeymen, but to reach that pinnacle during the hottest part of the year, WrestleMania, holy crap. Well, if you look at it, and I, I talked about it at the very beginning uh, of Raw about how special MVP is. I think I even said that he had been invaluable uh, to the Herb business. And you look, you know, Cedric Alexander was just here and there. He really wasn't doing much. Shelton Benjamin, a little bit on the back burner. Uh, Bobby Lashley was doing horrendous storylines with Lana. And oh. then, you know, now they're all three champions. Uh, I think I tweeted in hour two that, like, regardless of whether the next match happens in two hours. We heard the hurt, in, uh, excuse me, the hurt business's intro four times in two hours, and we got it a fifth uh, when Bobby Lashley came out to win the title. So, uh, 
man, big things in store right as we uh, right as we approach WrestleMania here for the Hurt Business, and rightfully so for those guys. Got to be the most over faction in all of wrestling in this moment. Oh, I mean, man. you got yeah, AEW. I mean, I mean yeah. but they're still in the show, man. Like it's all about this table. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, you know, if this was a month ago, you probably still say Undisputed Era with NXT, but, you know, given that is a, a no longer a thing, uh, yeah, man, it's it's got to be the Hurt Business, the top title in the company, the tag team titles, airtime all over the place. I mean, everything you'd want, uh, it, it's there in the Hurt Business. So real quick, I know we're for, foreshadowing here. We're just talking the news, but I got to know, like, are you booking mania? Like what, what's Lashley doing? Like, what do you see happen? Oh man. Um, you know, I, I was talking about this with our, our buddy Clayton, who is obviously, uh, on the pod. And I was, I was really hoping, uh, that Miz would kind of hold on to it for a minute because I really want to, at some point, whether it's for the title or not, I really don't even care that it's for the title. Uh, but I really want to see Miz and Daniel Bryan after that, that promo that we saw on talking smack, like two or three years ago, um, that's still there. I think that's a great uh, feud still to come. Uh, but Bobby Lashley specifically, I mean, they look, man, they, they've got what five weeks now, I guess, to, to get yeah. it in, uh, worked into mania. Um, I guess we'll see what happens at fast lane, which is to me an unnecessary pay-per-view that's just kind of in the way. Um, right. But I, I, my, my gut says it's going to be Bobby and drew. Um and Bobby's waited this long. I, I hope that he holds on to it through mania. I hope this isn't some short run uh, for Lashley. So that that's, that's my initial gut reaction to that. hundred percent agree. The daddy is loving some Lashley um, big things in store for mania. Like I said, tonight is our first WrestleMania match. We're going to be bringing these to you all month. You're going to get so many different ones. We'll touch on them later. But what we're here for tonight, dude, this is when we planned out WrestleMania month for the Wrestling Map podcast. I told everybody, tell me the match. And you were one of the first ones, Eddie Kurt. You didn't even hesitate. So what uh, we're going to get into this match. I, I feel like I'm foreshadowing. But this is, to me, one of the pinnacle matches of WrestleMania history as far as storytelling. Um. In your opinion, real quick, was there any other ones that almost made the list? Because we're talking this. What was that like one maybe you flip-flopped, or was there even a, a discussion? Um, I, I mean, anytime you talk Mania, you got to talk Taker and Sean or Taker and Triple H. All, that, that whole series of matches between those guys is is always going to be up there. You, ha you have Sean again, once again, with Ric Flair. You'll get that later in the month. Um, I was there for WrestleMania 31 with uh, with Brock and Roman and Seth cashing in. Uh, oh my the gosh. first time that's ever been done. So that would have been, uh, you know, that's another one to talk about at some point as well. So yeah, um, you have the obvious names, the Bret Hart's, the Stone Cold's, the guys that have had these pinnacle moments, Jericho's and whatnot. But um, man, this match in particular, you're in one of the biggest, not physically biggest, but one of the most noted venues in all of the world, not just the States, but literally in all the world in Madison Square Garden. You have these two guys that are at the top of their game. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a solid, good 20-minute WWE championship match on the biggest stage. Nobody does it better, baby. All right. We've heard it. Let's have a quick word from our advertisement. Bet Steel Sportsbook. Bet with confidence at Steel Sports. 20% free play bonus. Extra 10% off if you mention the Wrestling Map podcast. I made a couple bets this weekend. Didn't do too hot. I was thinking, you know, 11th ranked uh, Florida State basketball team would cover the spread against UNC. What was I thinking, you know? Don't bet against UNC. Just <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> Giving away money, but still. I'm waiting for the football bets, baby. I'm waiting for the football bets. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost there, baby. Just <laughs> let me keep doing it. Mouth of the South. Cold beers on us. Um, bet with confidence. 20%, 10% extra free play. Recreational gaming only. Bet with confidence. Bet steal sportsbook. All right. We heard about a little money. Let's go to a money match. So without further ado, let's get it. Let's do it. All right, Blueprint, we're here. 
Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero. I think this is WrestleMania 20, the Garden. Big match. I want you to kind of fill us in on Kurt Angle, kind of his backstory. Um, just kind of tell us, let's set the table. We'll, we'll go into the feud here in a second, but Kurt Angle as the wrestler. Fill us in. Anybody who maybe doesn't know his backstory. Well, the first thing you'll be quick to find out is that he did, in fact, win a gold medal at the Olympics with, yes, a broken freaking neck. And so um, the peak of amateur wrestling is, is really the first thing that you need to know about Kurt Angle. He comes into the WWE, and if you've seen any of their um, any of their original series where they're talking about Kurt Angle, you'll hear the, the, the one thing that everyone says is that he is the quickest learner, the quickest person they've ever seen pick up the business from a promo perspective, from a, uh, from an in-ring pr uh, perspective, from a psychology perspective. I mean, really there's nothing that Kurt can't do. And, you know, you see later on, obviously in his career, he adds uh, all of the personality moments there with, with Austin and the cowboy hat and the guitar and just like the goofy Kurt. So you get all of that. Uh, but specifically with this Kurt Angle, he's like, you have to go watch it. His face is almost Dean Malenko-esque in some <laughs> of these cuts, but it's also like serial killer, just like stone faced, oh. like I'm coming for your ass. Like he is not messing around in this, uh, this particular portion of his career he's very much serious very focused and, 36 uh, year old kurt angle here god he was 36 in this match 36 like he's just i'd say from a physical part i mean it's me i don't know at 36 you that have hurts those, my that hurts how old are you matt i'm 32 about to be 33 it hurts my head even more because part of the, what i was going to get into is how fast he looks in this match it's in, i didn't know he was 36 hey uh just crazy and not only that dude go back let's rewind it a little bit it's wrestling rewinds so let's go back in time 1993 you know who tries to sign kurt angle with no football experience in college the pittsburgh steelers yeah. try to sign him as a fullback crazy so then he goes to the olympics like we said the broken neck wins the olympics so what's next? He messes around with a couple different jobs, but he gets introduced to professional wrestling and he laughs at it. He's like, how do you book Kurt Angle to lose a match ever? Just so full of just confidence and cockiness. Cause I mean, it, that's gotta be a different, that's gotta peaked. be, yeah, that's a, that's a downgrade. And I, I think people, what a lot of people don't understand is that, an Olympic level athlete is superior to your, your football athletes, anybody basketball athletes. I mean, grant, grant you basketball is in the Olympics, but you know what I'm saying? But like, generally speaking, all these specialized things could Tyree kill, maybe go compete in a hundred meters or 200 meters. Maybe. But my, but, my guess yeah. is he's probably going to still get shown up. Like but Olympic athletes are just at a different, different commitment level. You're now. talking the fastest man alive. Almost. You're talking the best like some of the best athletes ever at the top of their game, dude. It's, yeah. it's the best of the best, the cream of the crop. Yeah. Matty daddy, macho madness. Um, so you have, like you said, the Kurt, Kurt Angle, the freak of nature signs an eight year deal. And I think it was 98, 99, whatever this guy, eight year deal. That's unheard of. And that's just a, they had all they they're going off of his just talent. Then you early career, he comes in, he's on fire, white meat, baby face, and they're booing the hell out of him. But he's your intercontinental champion and European champion at the same time. Not only that, they put the strap on him multiple times. He's only been in pro wrestling for like two years and he's that good. Um, but anyway, so so we get 36-year-old Kurt Angle. He is the best of the best. And he is right now he's in a general manager role of some sorts, like a commissioner from what we're what I carried from the backstory. Is that correct? Like he didn't uh, he was breaking up Chavo and Eddie a lot in the uh I saw in the runnings up to this match. Uh, yeah, a little bit. He's kind of, I mean, 
he he's in good with Heyman. Let's put it that yeah. way. Who who is commissioner of SmackDown? I think at this point. So, but uh, uh, as you were saying, just a crazy person. We'll we'll talk more of those previews to get to that match here a little bit later. But let's move on to like you said that Latino Heat, Eddie Guerrero, man, son of Gory Guerrero, one of the top wrestling promoters in El Paso, I believe. Yep, El at Harley Race, different guys just. He was the man. So this is all Eddie Guerrero's ever known. And I think a, a cool thing I looked back at was Dory Funk and Terry and all those guys were a big part of that territory where Eddie Guerrero grew up. And then Dory Funk's the one who ends up training Kurt, you know, him and Pritchard forever. So it's just kind of cool to see how that went full circle. But uh, yeah, Eddie got a college scholarship for wrestling as well. Then his his wrestling team redshirted him and then he the wrestling team folded at his college so what do you do matt you go to japan you go to triple a you go to ecw you go to wcw you own your craft these are like one percent centers man um i know we watched what fall brawl and eddie guerrero was on the card that that night wasn't yep. it him and jericho him and jericho very early him and jericho and and it's it's actually the first match on that pay-per-view fall brawl uh 1997 war games and uh dude that match even at that point eddie's nowhere near as as filled out as he is uh no. you know, in this particular pay-per-view he's, he's very much uh that classic cruiserweight style at that particular point in wcw but um it's it, to me, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I still think I said that was match of the night, you know, him and Jericho and you did course, you yeah. know, we'd get, we'd get more of that later uh, with dude. those two as well. So they're just the Lucha luchador style, the cruiserweight style to what we get in this match is crazy. Just mm -hmm. like two different, completely different worlds. All right. We've talked backstory. Everybody knows Latino heat. Everybody knows the Olympic hero, Matt blueprint. Hit me with those eyes, baby intelligence oh, the three eyes i'll do it eyes. over those eyes i thought you were just getting lost in my <laughs> you mean those sexy eyes damn man <laughs> oh if we're going there we're going there dude, and dude, integrity dude. <laughs> oh it's true it's damn true dude so we're here let's let's talk the build up to this match this is wrestlemania 20 the garden our first match up on the wrestling mat podcast you have the backstory. Um, kind of lead us in. Eddie and uh, Chavo were fighting. Kurt's breaking up the fights, and he decides to attack your world heavyweight champ because of Eddie being a drug addict, just not being somebody that he thinks should represent the WWE. So to me, this is just a story of using Eddie Guerrero's real-life demons to paint a picture, which sometimes WWE, WWF does. And it's like too soon, too close. But this one, it just, it, it jailed. It was just such good storytelling. Yeah, it's 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 not quite as soon as like uh, Matt Hardy, Lita, Edge. It's it's not quite that quick and, and that real. But um, yeah, man, I mean, you hear it all the time. Some of the, uh, the real life stuff that the superstars go through tend to make for the best programming. And we saw that a couple of weeks ago with Charlotte Flair when she cut that promo with Rick. I saw that all over Twitter and how good that was. And then everybody was just back to hating Charlotte this week. And that's fine. Um, but anyway, man, yeah, when, when they use that real life stuff and they just go for it. And I think when you, I think a lot of the key is whoever you're working with, if, if they have your blessing to go for it and just get after it, then you get a program like you did uh, with Eddie and Kurt. And yeah, like you were saying, Kurt's just basically on his, morality high horse if you will for the entire time uh that uh that this program is building up to wrestlemania uh basically saying eddie is worthless you know and and he's he's not deserving of that title and then then let's go to the probably the show stealer of video packages that shows you have eddie guerrero of course feuding with paul Heyman. that's right paul e dangerously paul Heyman's the commissioner whatever smackdown and Eddie's getting arrested. Of course, that's more, you know, flame to the fire for Kurt. And then he tells Paul he can beat his beat anybody with two hands tied behind his back. 
So Paul sets himself up in a match with Eddie, both hands tied. What happens? Handcuffed. Handcuffed. That's right. Not tied. Uh, one step up. So he starts kicking Paul Heyman's ass. So Paul Heyman heads to the back. And this is what you were talking about. That super serious, maniacal Kurt Angle in a red turtleneck. <laughs> red turtleneck. He has those glass eyes. I don't know if he just hit on like 70 Vicodin or he's just, he's in the zone, but he's taping up his wrist. And you see Eddie just telling that story like, oh shit. Yeah, I don't think I've I, – I'm sitting here, I'm racking my brain trying to think if I've ever seen anybody with the look that Kurt has on his face when he walks out. And I I really don't, and he still even has it kind <laughs> of during his, his entrance at WrestleMania as well. It's it's but Let's put it this way. I would not want to be standing across Hell from Kurt no. with my hands free, much less handcuffed behind my back with that look on his face. So, Dude. Just perfect storytelling to such a big time match. So this is, this is, it's time to go, man. Before we get this match started, let's treat the audience and our viewers at the wrestling mat to the video package that we got to experience. So here it is. Many people have asked me, why Kurt? Why? I didn't attack Eddie Guerrero for me. is a former drug addict. A drug addict is the last person we need to represent us as the WWE Champion. That's why when Eddie Guerrero won the championship, I couldn't just sit there and let Eddie destroy the morals that are the cornerstone of the character of this nation. One day you will thank me for the champion that you can be proud of. seeping through the moral fiber of this country. Our WWE champion gets himself arrested, mired in scandal and disgrace. That's exactly what I feared would happen if Eddie Guerrero became champion. Would you feel comfortable if your children were acting like Eddie Guerrero? And Eddie Guerrero as the WWE champion will only bring disgrace and shame to this company for years to come. I won't allow that to happen. I am hereby demanding that Eddie Guerrero issue a public apology for his reprehensible behavior. Tell you I'm sorry. Now. No, Holmes, I'm proud to be the WWE Champion! I'm proud to represent the WWE fans, Holmes! I wish I was in a position to beat some sense into you myself. You couldn't beat me if I had both hands tied behind my back. Let me just get this straight. You're serious when you say that, right? Your hands will be handcuffed behind your back. And your opponent, Paul Heyman. Oh! Eddie Guerrero shot to Paul Heyman. And look at Paul Heyman running away. Oh, my God. Kurt Angle? Taz, this is bad. Eddie, Eddie Guerrero's hands are still handcuffed. We have the greatest fans in the world, but they have no appreciation for what I'm doing. My match at WrestleMania is the most important match in my life. I'm not only fighting for myself, I'm fighting for the future of this company. We're uh, seeing a visual of Molly Holly, who just wrestled Victoria, I believe, 
getting her head shaved, which was actually Molly Holly's idea to separate herself from the other divas, but it's still just a weird visual. I, I don't mind like that happening at WrestleMania like that because that, it, uh, you know, I started it like dead on at the, at the video package. And so when it cut to that, I was like, what the hell is going on right now? And then I rewound it and I was like, oh, this just happened. And so again, like that angle for, you know, Molly and Victoria is great and all, but, but in that before your WWE championship match. Yeah. Just, and then they leave her in the chair as Kurt Angle's like walking out. As Kurt and, and Eddie are walking out, it's still I was like, happening. "You're still in the thunder to such a big match." So yeah, it was little, it was little miss up. It happens. It happens. But when you put on a clinic like these guys did, we'll let something like that slide. So hey, or angles out first. Just like you said, the dead eyes, the Ice Man of Dean Malenko stare. Like he's all business, and he is jacked to the gills, dude. Like when we think of Kurt Angle, we think of endurance. Like there's not his body fat's got to be like one percent. There's no fat, and dude, look at him like that's Pete Kurt Angle. Yeah, grant you the last time we saw him in WWE, he was he was he had lost a step, maybe even two. Um, so it wasn't the Kurt you know of old that we remembered. And honestly, I didn't watch a lot of his TNA run, so I don't I don't know how he was uh, for that either. But I, I think a lot of the injuries. Uh, had caught up with him certainly by the time his last WWE run hit. And so to see him like this, I mean, again, when you said he was 36, I was just, I was blown away because he is, you know, to your point, just absolutely jacked out of his mind. All right. So Kurt Angle's, Kurt Angle's intense. He's in the zone. He's ready for mania. Like the crowd is on edge. They just came off the boo fest with Goldberg and Brock and, Steve and all that. So they're, they're ready for this moment. This is what WrestleMania fans are here for the main events. So you get Latino heat, Eddie Galarero. I lie. I cheat. I steal. I'm your puppy. (laughs) All those good sayings, but this is a 37 year old Eddie Guerrero. And he is just where you have Kurt angle starts wrestling in what? 99. And it's Oh four right now. Yeah. You've been in the business five years and you've hit every pinnacle already. Like I'd say he's done it all. There's nothing left to do. No. And then you have Eddie Guerrero starts like enters professional wrestling in like 1989 travels to five different countries. Just the path that got both these guys here on this big night is incredible, but you see Eddie Guerrero come out and his classic low rider, which I haven't seen enough of a Cadillac truck. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. I was like, damn, dude, that's slick. Yeah, it was uh it was awesome. And I and for whatever reason, I expected a bigger pop. And I don't know if you caught this, and I don't know if Michael Cole and Taz were just mic'd up too much, like too heavily throughout the uh the WWE. Like everybody was standing for sure. Like everybody was standing up uh for both Kurt and Eddie, but I just you know, in this hour, or excuse me, this uh, this match starts at hour number three of what goes on to be a four, four hour pay per view. Yeah. But if you've ever been to a live event, by the time you hit hour number three, you don't have the same energy that you had in hour number one. I can just I can tell you that both from from being there and from friggin' live tweeting raw. Um, <laughs> but uh, if, uh yeah. for whatever reason, I just I man, it, it felt and it's in, it's Madison Square Garden. I just expected a bigger pop for both of those guys. By the end of the match, they get there. Don't get me wrong, but I just I just expected more from the initial entrance. And again, I don't know if it was just they had Michael Cole and Taz, uh, who I I'd missed hearing Taz on commentary, uh, mic'd up too much for the crowd reaction or what. But yeah, it was a weird uh, weird dynamic. I don't know if it was like network audio, what what it was, if it was right, the crowd. Right. But you know, they have Undertaker. This is how stacked this card was blueprint you had undertaker kane they do a, a promo for it and you don't even see undertaker's picture in the promo so you're like oh and then you still have that moment that wrestlemania moment with Benoit, hbk triple h yeah you know yeah I and mean, you like you said before you had already went through 
uh, uh, Brock and Brock and Goldberg. Yeah, there's just there's so much on this card. It, it's really Brock and Sock connection versus Evolution, dude. Yeah, it's it's a full on roller coaster. You got a couple of divas matches thrown in there yeah. as well. So it's just it's all over the. It's very very much peak attitude era, if you will. All right, last little thought as Eddie Guerrero's entering the ring right before the match. I noticed this whole theme was the drug addict. You know, mm. they, they make a theme. If you didn't see his shirt, it was Latino heat, but it was the Scarface emblem on the front. So it's oh, Eddie Guerrero. And I was like, okay, this is just a play on, you know, his sure, sure. maybe. Um, dude, then the best, the back, you know what it says? Addicted to the heat. Just great marketing, always with the Eddie Guerrero gear, the I'm your poppy, Latino heat, lie, cheat, and steal. Like, Eddie Guerrero was making that merchandise money for sure. Oh, that well, yeah, I, I imagine still whatever, <laughs> you know, his estate. I mean, there's still WWE. I was looking at that just the other day, in fact, after I watched uh, – after I watched this on the network and there's, there's still plenty of uh, Latino heat gear being sold on, on WWE shop. And then those low riders, dude, like that's what you get to come out to. And I feel like it was different every week, which I don't know how, how they were traveling and doing that and setting that up. But damn, I mean, it's not like everywhere they travel is somewhere big. I mean, you know, they hit Des Moines and, you know, places like that. No, no offense Des Moines, but I mean, I don't expect you to have a lot of low riders on hand. Hey, Blueprint, this is Cindy from Des Moines. How's it going? <laughs> Big fan of the show. Real fan uh, of you, Blueprint. Cindy, yeah. we'll get to you later. We're in the middle of a WrestleMania. If you need to talk to the Blueprint off the screen, we can do it. Listener questions, man. You never know who's going to drop in. But back to this, Eddie Guerrero, Latino Heat. Um, the way we're going to break down this WrestleMania match, because it's hot, fellas and ladies, we're going to go beginning match, middle match, end of the match, and then we're going to lead you on a back like a 20 for 20, you know, hindsight, how this all played out. So I'm going to let you do the beginning of the match, Matt. I'll hit the middle, but your takeaways from the start, fill us in. Yeah, um, from the very start, um, you know, kind of, kind of, as I alluded to earlier, the crowd is, the crowd is up at the beginning. Like everybody is standing, you get a few Eddie chants at the beginning of the match as well, which is kind of nice to hear. It goes back and forth uh, with Kurt a little bit, but definitely the crowd I think is, is on Eddie's side for this. Uh, the very first thing that I noticed though, as far as like in ring um, is the actual lockup itself. And the only reason I actually noticed this is because I watched the set down uh, part of the Broken Skull sessions with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Sasha Banks. And Sasha was talking oh. about how times you find uh, one blueprint to another. Uh, <laughs> you, sometimes you just find that magical partner and you kind of fill it from the first time that you lock up. And that's kind of what she was talking about uh, with Bailey. And you watch this lockup. And I mean, it looks like they, I mean, they are holding on for dear life to each other, you know, and Kurt Mar uh, marches Eddie back to the corner and, you know, they get into a couple of more, but this is very much focused on Kurt's, uh, Kurt's amateur abilities and taking Eddie to the mat and keeping him down. It's a very much uh, slow paced, dragging it out. Like, uh, you know, uh, Kurt doesn't want Eddie on his feet, basically sort of thing. And you see these reversals from Kurt and that's kind of what I was talking about earlier with Olympic athletes and not realizing how quick they really are. And I'm sure for this being just, you know, a professional wrestling match, it's probably not even the full display of Kurt's talents at this point, but you hear about Kurt, you know, getting into backstage shoots and stuff with some of the boys in oh, his time. Man. And I, I'm just telling you, man, Kurt's not the guy that I want to <laughs> screw with. And especially after watching this, so he's so fast, man. It's unbelievable. And I mean, Ed, Eddie is, Eddie is by all means holding his own. So backstory to this is Eddie was a hothead, great guy, but he had a temper. Um, and his thing was he would get mad and he'd pick fights. So with that temper and that personality, he probably tried to pick three or four fights with Kurt Angle. And Kurt Angle just humbled and not, not a shit stir. Didn't do it. Well, one time he got sick, he pushed freaking uh, Eddie and, 
Eddie comes back, takes it, does a double leg takedown on an Olympic gold medalist. And you know how that ends. Um, so basically <laughs> big show had to pick Kurt angle up by his singlet with one hand and just raises him up in the air, puts him on the other side of the room, completely embarrassed, you know, Kurt angle as a gold medalist, but just shows you the sure size and power of, you know, the big show. Anyways, uh, yeah, kind of like what you said. I just started noticing these moves, headlocks, wrist locks, hammer locks. It was just nonstop attacking the head, attacking the legs. Like he was, the, he did not let Eddie Guerrero off the ground. Eddie Guerrero hung his own. Like, I'm not going to say, but that just shows you how good of a wrestler they both are to reverse as much as they did and just kind of dance in the middle of the ring. Yeah, there's not there's not a bunch of high spots happening no. really in this match by any stretch of the imagination. It's just really freaking physical uh, between these two guys. I, I think for me, where it where it eventually turns is probably about eight or nine minutes uh, into the match, and Eddie hits a shoulder tackle, and then he bounces off the. You know, Kurt gets right back up. He hits a second one. Kurt basically gets right back up. Uh, Eddie goes for a third one, like ducks, comes off the other rope. And I mean, he Eddie is hauling ass. The, the ring is 20 <laughs> by 20. I don't know how he's hauling ass in a 20 by 20 ring as much as he was. But when he hits Kurt, man, it, you had to be able to hear that at the top of Madison Square Garden. Like he just drills Kurt. Kurt rolls out of the ring. Eddie's grabbing his shoulder because I'm sure it actually hurt like hell for Eddie. Um, and, and for me, that's really where the match starts to pick up and turn around. Dude, and then then you see the attacks of body parts. You start seeing suplexes fly around. You know, Guerrero does the three amigos, and then Kurt, just another reversal. Like, I'm not letting you up, man. I think Suplex. suplexes are underrated, man. Dude, I like, was... He, he's not really ever mentioned during suplexes, but he, his are... They're crisp, man. They're nice. Dude, just so, such back-and-forth action. And the whole time, they're telling a story. These wrestling... Technical wrestling. So to me, the real big thing that stuck out to me in the middle of the match was the attacking of the body parts. You see kind of Eddie get a couple high spots. Um, I think the first one I noticed, he jumps off the top rope and lands on the barricade rib first. That's a classic Macho Man Randy's Macho Man Randy Savage move. Yeah, don't steal my moves, brother. It's a good one. It's a good one, Blueprint. But yeah, the just those those high spots that macho would do and he would miss like that. Yeah, and I was, that... I was very much thinking that cause Kurt was already on the barricade and I'm like, he has nowhere to go. Like he has to get out of the way. He can't take this. Otherwise they're going into the front, you know, the first and second <laughs> row when this thing hits there. So he takes the rib shot there. Then you see the match kind of continues back inside the ring. And what do we get? Uh, we get angle slamming Eddie on the top rope like hits his body and it's almost like he folds in half like an accordion. So you see this, this, uh, attack of the midsection Kurt's showing you, he's just, he does it all, man. Like, and on he, both of those occasions, both, both when, uh, both when Eddie hits the barricade and he gets flipped over to the top rope there, you see Kurt immediately get, uh, go for the pin. And for me, this is part of, uh, the psychology that's maybe not, as much in the current day product and, and it bothers me and I'll point it out as we go along on some of these, uh, you know, live tweet, uh, sort of deals, but it, it just bothers me sometimes when talent will hit a move, they'll look around for a couple of seconds and be like, yeah, I guess I'll try to go for the pin. It's like, you just wasted two seconds. Yeah. And attack, the mat, attack intensity, man. Yeah, like this is no time. This is wrestling. Like you tell a story and if you're trying to win, like cover them up, man. I don't care when it is in the match. Try to catch them off guard. Um, so the midsection, then you start getting these backbreakers. You get the abdominal stretches like Kurt is working the body part. Um, and that's to me, that's the middle of the match is just how good of a story they're telling. They're working that midsection. You're seeing Kurt or Kurt kind of control the match still. But then you get Eddie with this. He starts the comeback. So he starts, you know, drop kicking. You just see so much of Eddie as, you know, a high flyer, but they're still telling a story. The Miss Frog Splashes. Um, what do you think as, as this match unravels towards the middle to end? You see the you see the at, the shots on the ribs, things like that. You see the Miss Frog Splashes. 
but we're in the part of the match where they're starting to really tell a story. So we're midway through. What are your thoughts so far of what we've seen from these two phenomenal wrestlers? It just really makes me think about conversations that I've heard from, uh, from Mark Henry and from Bully Ray, um, guys like that, where, you know, they'll talk about a lot of the current product and there, there's no necessarily, you know, wrong or right. The product has changed for better, for worse, or however you want to feel about it. But in this particular scenario, there's build to the whole thing. It's just not high spot after high spot, after high spot, after high spot. They build it, build it, build it. People, you can start to, you know, you can start to kind of see the mood uh, shift there in MSG. People go from kind of looking around to like really intently looking at what's going on in the ring. And, uh, and then you start weaving in, you know, those high spots, the false finishes, things like that. So for me, it, you know, th- this whole build for the first half to, you know, going towards the latter half of the match here, we, we just don't get it a lot anymore. Um, so for me, I really enjoyed it again, especially as we've talked about Kurt, you know, picking on body parts and, and things like that. It's just a different style of match that I haven't seen in a minute. And honestly, it was almost like watching it for the first time again, but I've, you know, to this point in the match, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Dude. So we start, we start seeing Eddie with the comeback, which any great story, the heel controls a match and the face starts, starts to build up to the point where you think he's got the match. So that's what we get. We get, you know, we've seen the miss frog splash, things like that, but now angles trying to finish the match, the angle slam reverse. Real yeah. quick though, the, the, the part about the miss frog splash, that's where I really truly noticed the kind of athlete that Kurt still was, because if you look at Kurt, I don't think anybody's going to, you know, say that Kurt wasn't bigger at that time than what you see, what you presently see, Seth Rollins, but Seth Rollins does this all the time now where a guy sitting on the top turnbuckle and he basically catwalks, you know, just real quick, just lightning yeah. quick up the first couple of ropes and then hits him with a suplex. Oh, and that's, you know, Kurt goes for it here. And that's where, you know, Eddie pushes him off and then Eddie retaliates with that frog splash so quick. I was amazed he missed it, but like Kurt doing that at his size is just, Dude. He, he should not be able to do that. Just athletics, man. These guys, so we see Eddie Guerrero down. We see Angle trying to take advantage. Um, they're starting to kind of wear on the ankle. He goes for he goes for the angle slam that's reversed into a DDT by Eddie Guerrero, and it's it's a good DDT, man. Like yeah, very. So it's it lays the point. We get the big frog splash. You think it's over? One, two. What the fuck is going on? So now we're we're like, dude, it's Eddie. Eddie's going down, right? I mean, you it hit the frog splash that, for two. Yeah, it certainly looks that way. And if you if you uh, if you caught at the beginning of the match, uh, Michael Cole said that Eddie would be only the fifth person to successfully defend his title at WrestleMania. So champs walking into WrestleMania at this point are four and fifteen. So history wow. not on yeah history not on Eddie's side either. When you we kind of see the storyline of this kind of thrown together because you have Eddie and Chavo feuding, then you get then it goes right into Brock's basically leaving WWE right. FE at the time. So Eddie just kind of gets the rocket strapped to him. You're no way out. You're facing Brock. Brock. Brock's yep. facing Goldberg. You get the championship your first time. And I don't even know if that was the plan from you know January to February. It's crazy. Probably not. Yeah. Pro- I mean you hear about uh I, I think contract talks you know now especially are are more public than they've they've ever been and i, I feel like this is the first time or at least the first time that i really noticed that people like cat was out of the bag people knew uh both of those guys were leaving so yeah that that's a that's a really interesting thing that i hadn't thought of i wonder if you know like you said, January or February, they thought they were getting a deal done with at least one of those guys, right, to continue on, and then it turns out they're both walking. That's, yeah, it, that could have completely shifted from February to, to Mania. So you're you're going from Lesnar, who, it's just crazy. It's it's to me crazy that you, that Eddie's in this position and mm-hmm. how long it took, but how it all plays out in general. So Eddie's, he's on the offense. He just missed that. He's, you know, you get angle back, back in volume. You get him yanking on Eddie Guerrero's ankle. You can tell it's coming. Eddie pushes him out of the ring. I think 
Eddie's like grabbing his ankle in pain. He starts to unloosen that boot, and you're you're generally worried that he broke his ankle. Yeah, like it's actually the it's actually the third time that Kurt had uh had applied the ankle lock of some sort. Um and at that that particular point, he was like really like twi- you know, like grinding on it, just like oh, twisting it in both painful. directions. Yeah, it looked painful. And then uh like this, you know, Cole and Taz actually do a very good job of selling that Eddie might be legitimately hurt. And you just wonder when guys are like that. And they like, I don't think I had ever seen a guy take a boot off or attempt to take his boot off in the middle of the match. No, uh, but like you, that. So. you think he's hurt, man. Like it's yeah, absolutely the way they, they delivered this. Like you were genuinely concerned about Eddie Greer, which is even better storytelling. Yeah. So then what happens now, uh, you see, angle come back in the ring. He's ready on the attack. He goes for Eddie Guerrero again. Um, I believe he misses him and Eddie Guerrero gets him for a schoolboy pin or a roll up. If I'm so correct. He actually, so, so, uh, <laughs> probably my favorite part of the match is, uh, you know, Eddie, Eddie's basically got his boots down to the last couple of laces, right? Which it, which has given Kurt enough time to kind of revive himself on the outside. That's right. He turns around, he gets that look on his face, Nick. The camera cuts to Eddie, and you see Eddie say, Oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, you yeah. can you can very clearly say he says, Oh shit. <laughs> he gets oh. that uh the ankle lock uh you know picked for the fourth time in the match, and that's that's when the boot finally uh comes right. off of Eddie there. And then you see the roll up, you see just the upset. Like Angle controlled this match, but such a story was told, like from beginning, you had the back and forth, the ground mat work. You had the working on the body part. You had those little glimpses of Eddie Guerrero doing something. And then at the end, to the way to take off the boot, we'd never seen that. Like, And uh, from going from one emotion to another um, to just Eddie Guerrero just walked out your world and still WWE yeah. champion. Yeah, I, I'm a big proponent of... Uh you know, the, these big meaningful matches should really uh, almost always end uh, with, with somebody's actual finish. Um, the thing that I don't like that WWE is currently doing, especially at, at bigger pay-per-views, and I know we'll see it again at Mania. We just saw it last Mania where guys are having to hit their finish four or five times to end the match now. And to me, that detracts from their actual, you know, finishing move. Um, but generally once, twice, three times at the very most. Uh, but I, I think most of these bigger matches should end in somebody's actual finishing maneuver. But you have lie, you have cheat, you have still, and that's exactly so freaking classic. Eddie Guerrero. I wasn't even. I was not in the least bit mad. You get you see Eddie get up and he's smiling because he knows he just got one over <laughs> on Kurt. Like it, it's so perfect. It's. It's the best roll-up finish for a WWE title you'll ever see. Let's put it that the way. The only way it could work is the way they – it was a perfect story, dude. Yeah. From the the backstory for literally throwing this thing together and going off of an Olympic hero to a recovering addict, play that into storyline. Then the intensity of Kurt Angle to pretty much ground this match to Eddie Guerrero st- – telling the story with the boot and how he came out on top, like, holy crap. Um, real quick, I'm going to do a couple takeaways. This to me, like this was the perfect story, the way they laid out the, if I was going to like lay out a match. So you have, you have the money spots, you have the storytelling. It, It was almost broken down to a science that like, this is the big move. This is the big move. So you had all these spots that kind of, you're telling such a technical story, but you wake the crowd up and Oh my God, like me, I could not dude. no rest holds from angle angle. Just dominated, man. Yeah. The the crowd was very, very different. Like we were seeing, you know, very different from the beginning of the match to the end of the match. And that, that that's all real credit to, to Eddie and Kurt for the storytelling and for not just, you know, going for high spot after high spot. It was, it was the whole build to, uh, to everything. And that's, you know, for me, there, there was three things, um, from the match as a whole that I didn't care for. And literally zero of them had to do with Eddie and Kurt themselves. The first 
was the entrance, you know, with, with Molly and, and right. Victoria still up on the stage. The second, Cole, uh, Michael Cole, weirdly, which by the way, Cole is so much better in this match than he is present day. I think he's, I think he's got a whole set of different responsibilities, uh, you know, in today's product, but he's just so much more natural with this. Uh, but he did have one weird spot where he was questioning why Kurt was punching Eddie with a closed fist. I thought that was just strange <laughs> uh, for him to question it. And then uh, towards the end of the match, Nick Patrick, as Eddie is like, you know, sitting there writhing in pain, trying to take his boot off, is trying to tell Eddie to back up, get away from Kurt. And I'm like, dude, his ankle might be broken. You're telling him to back up? Like, it was just a weird spot. And again, it has nothing to do with either Eddie or Kurt. Like, they, their match was everything they did, absolute clinic for pro wrestling. Dude, and you mentioned Nick Patrick. That was one of my takeaways as well. I watched him when we did these rewinds on the 1989 Great American Bash mm -hmm. as a referee. And he literally looks the same. I think it's Charles Robinson. <laughs> yeah. They just Long have H. great. Yeah. These guys have great genes. They're probably 50 yeah, something. Crazy. And they look, they look my age. I'm like, what are you guys on? Maybe we should be testing these refs for performance and answers. Oh man, if you if you haven't listened, uh, not to not to put you on to another podcast, but Corey <laughs> is is uh, is doing a, a podcast called After the Bell, um, and he has people oh, on. And there's a uh, there's one with Charles Robinson, and it is absolutely freaking fascinating. Um, if you have a chance, go listen to it after this one, of course, but still go listen to it. <laughs> I did one with, uh, Mike Chioda, I think it was, and it was, it was good. I just, maybe it was cause he was still working for WWE or right when he got out. So he still had a lot of stuff close to the vest. Mm, gotcha. I felt like, and you yeah. kind of see that as wrestlers kind of get away, there's certain things they'll touch on. I mean, I get it. It's a, it's an art for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so We've experienced this WrestleMania moment, this match. Um, I want to kind of lead you guys into kind of the foreshadowing of what happened with Eddie and Kurt because the match is over, but they still feud another another month. I think Eddie holds the title for another four months, I believe, and he loses it to JBL. Basically, makes JBL who JBL is. Like that, getting that win over Eddie is a huge deal for yeah. the development of JBL. Yeah, mon monstrous hill. Uh, everything JBL does from that point forward. I mean, he's just he's basically absolutely hated. There's uh, there are things that go on in that particular program that would not be on programming today. Let's put it <laughs> that way. Specifically between him and Eddie, um, you know, different times, I guess. Uh -huh. and, and again, though, uh, back to what we were talking about with. Uh, you know, Kurt using the, uh, the drug problem for Eddie uh, again, like if somebody's on board for some of this, you know, uh, some of this content that kind of pushes the bounds of what we're, of what we're used to, then I'm all for it. As long as the talent's on board, it's when the talent is, you know, when you, when it comes out later and you're like, ah, man, they weren't cool with that. Like that kind of sucks to hear, but from everything you hear about JBL and Eddie, like that was, that was all kosher between those guys, at least from what I've heard. Right. Eddie, and it's, it's fun to see Eddie Guerrero because the one takeaway that I've heard constantly is Eddie finally got the championship, but he did not like being champion. Like he had bad anxiety. He had mm -hmm. to be literally one of the best in the world at your craft, but the pressure of being WWE champion. I mean, we don't hear about that enough. Like you were the, you were in charge of drawing, of promoting you do it. I mean, you're doing your job and living your life, but on top of that, you were the face of the company. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's different times too. And it's, I've heard about, uh, I've heard this talked about in a couple of different ways from various people, but you know, a lot of times in that particular era, you were there to see person X and usually whoever person X was, was the champion. Um, today you're probably, you know, especially with specifically the, uh, the WWE product, you're probably there for a number of people, uh, right. but back in this particular era, uh, you know, the champions were, were a bit more, in my opinion, on a pedestal. And so, you know, you well, made the, it made the superstar, like we're looking at yeah, Eddie agreed. Guerrero till he get this title. Like that's, that's a We see Benoit, we talk yeah. JBL, these yeah. guys needed that championship run to solve it's just a different time man it's crazy to think like 
nowadays how much that belt just moves around you know we we hear the 16 time you know world champ rick flair like in another five years he's gonna be like number four on the list yeah i was gonna say you don't you don't understand like how long that accumulated over rick's career and now you know, uh, and please, like, <laughs> let me just get this out of the way. I am not a Charlotte Flair hater. I saw a lot of that happening uh, as I was live tweeting. I, I, I'm all for Charlotte. I, I think she's, you know, cream of the crop as far as the women's division goes. Uh, personally, it's it's her, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, and Sasha Banks for me. Um, but, uh, you know, she's at something like 12 titles or something. That's um, stupid. Yeah, no, it is. And, and there was a point where her and Sasha, you know, Sasha was talking about this too, uh, with Stone Cold. Like she had like a uh, four title reigns, but they accumulated like eighty five days or something. Um, so there's, yeah, there, there's way too much of that, especially. How does that build your brand? That maybe expedites the process, but in well, the, with the secondary title on your product. Yeah, with the secondary, and I'm not calling the women's championship a secondary title. I don't want that to be no, the lead in they, there. They, for a time, were the best part of the WWE. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, especially now on NXT specifically, they probably still are. Um, but, uh, yeah, w what I'm talking about more so is the, the United States title, the Intercontinental title, like they're just treated so haphazardly, which is why I'm, little bit nervous about biggie right now and his title run i want that to mean something for him you know through mania or whatnot but yeah a lot of those secondary titles especially the tag team titles just because there's no you know there's like three or four real tag teams in wwe present day so yeah they they don't make them like the hardy boys anymore no no not at all there it is uh anyways uh yeah just to tie a bow on it um 10 star match angle goes on to actually go on the ir he's hurt again who would have thought so he's injured so you see a peak kurt angle and he's those lingering injuries the blueprint brought up are taking their toll on this guy at 36. so interesting we see him come back we see we don't really need to get into what happened with eddie guerrero we everybody knows the story that he tragically passed. I think it's been 15 years. He was in his early 40s, I believe. Yep. Or maybe not even that, because this was 04, and he was he was gone by 05. 05. Yeah. Wow. It was like summer of 05 Who or so. Would, it was. So uh, this is wow. You finally make it, and then yeah. it's like, man, it's just crazy. Um, yeah. My takeaway: great match. I loved dissecting into one match and just kind of breaking it down um and seeing two legends so matt you picked this match i know you loved it so i want to bring it we've talked so much present day tonight because we are comparing that's what we do we do wrestling rewinds we fantasy book but we do live tweet we do live stream we are wrestling fans through and through so we love the product as is and as it was so 2021 hindsight where does a 36 year old 2004 Kurt Angle fit fit in 2021. Ooh, fantasy um, Oh, like who would I who would I like to see Kurt Angle take is on? Is he is he the man? Is he at the top of the food chain, or is he a role player, or no. where is he with Roman Reigns? Is he with those guys, or is yeah, he? Yeah, no, I I think Kurt transcends. Uh, Kurt transcends eras for me, and a lot of that a lot of that does have to do with. Uh, with his physicality and his his physical abilities. But, you know, um, I said it before, it, you, you go on to see more of Kurt's personality um, as it goes through. And there's there's really just, there, there's not a weakness, really, to Kurt Angle, uh, in my opinion. I mean, he was right there with the feuds with, with Stone Cold Steve Austin and uh, the biggest of the big names. So for me, he he transcends, he, he'd be right there with, okay, uh, you know, with Roman or anybody else. Absolutely. So give me your matchup. Give me a fantasy booking. Pick pick me a opponent. Oh, buddy. Kurt Angle. Um kind of wanna this is this is gonna be a little bit maybe off the grid. Um but I think I think I wanna see Kurt Kurt Angle and Finn Balor. Who is your NXT, NXT champion? Is there's a lot of those, 
parallels as far as quickness. Dude, that's fast paced, yeah. And that sort of thing with uh with Eddie. So I yeah, if if it was peak Eddie or excuse me, peak Kurt and peak Finn Balor, I think that's where I would go right now. I uh I could only think of one name when it came to Kurt Angle. Does he transcend? Absolutely. He was so charismatic and so entertaining on top of just the promos we saw as a heel. And then as a baby face, he's he's the Olympic champion, man. There's no that's what America needs. The three eyes, intensity, intelligence, and integrity. But mine was Daniel Bryan. Ah, uh, yeah, that's good too. That's good just too. A, just a good match, kind of the same kind of story, but just that comeback, the way Daniel Bryan can get the crowd involved and just literally in the palm of his hand. And I just think that would be an epic match. You got so, one for Eddie? Yeah, I got I do and it, to me Eddie just seems so easy because Roman Reigns, dude. Just I mean, right to Roman. Yeah, right to Roman. I mean, I think Eddie would it's weird. I think he's such a good role player. I don't think he has to be at the top. I don't think he has to hold the title to be the main. I think Kurt Angle Kurt Angle doesn't either, but I think Kurt Angle would make the title more than Eddie would. That's fair. That's fair. So you put you put Eddie Guerrero battling Roman Reigns doesn't have to be for the title but just that storyline of Roman downgrading you know Eddie messing with his mind getting because that's what we've seen we've seen Roman Reigns become a storyteller so to me it, it would just set up perfect how about you yeah there's uh there's two for me and they're <laughs> they're very very different um it's it's hard to keep up with all of wwe's programming these days so if you don't know this man then i don't blame you but uh walter has been the wwe nxt uk champion he is just a freaking mountain of a man um very intimidating and i think you know i think that speaks to a little bit of what eddie had as far as uh transcending uh, you know, Eddie was able to work with whoever, like he could have worked with the big show. He could have worked, you know, he obviously worked yeah. stereo, like from the smallest of guys to the biggest of guys. And I think it would just be very, very entertaining uh, with Walter. Uh, my second one, just because I want to know what Eddie's facials would be, would be the fiend. Oh my God. That's I, I think it would just be <laughs> wild. Can you imagine to see. him going in the playhouse or whatever yes. they call it? Yes, that's oh. exactly what I want. Uh, like, like taking stuff off the counters or whatever. Yes, yes. And he'd mess with the fiend, and then he'd get you know in his own. Oh my god, you you nailed it. That's probably the fantasy booking of the night right there. Well, Matt, let's put a bow on it, man. We've had a good night. First WrestleMania matches out of the way, but we got so many more, and this was so fun. I recommend, highly recommend going and checking out WrestleMania 20 as a whole. And if you can't check out the whole thing, definitely check out this match. This was the blueprint Matt Kelly's WrestleMania ma match for 2021 Wrestling Matt Podcast. Matt, um, as we look forward to WrestleMania, um, any other things that you were really excited about this month as far as your 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 process, the wrestling mat, what you're doing in your personal life, anything to kind of get to know you a little bit more before we get out of here? Tell the listeners about Matt Kelly a little bit. Yeah, I, I really think that uh, I, I'm, I'm super excited to start interacting with everyone uh, through socials. Um, that, that was a, a really fun experience on on Monday night, and we're going to be churning out uh, more of those as our, our schedule will allow. I know I'm not just the blueprint 24-7. I, <laughs> I have other jobs that I got to work around, so they're not always going to be accommodating uh, for Monday or Wednesday nights. Friday nights, apparently, we can't do here in Denver because some idiot decided to put uh, SmackDown on a one-hour delay, so that's, that's not really conducive to the live tweeting. But I'll be hitting you up on Mondays and Wednesdays, man. Super excited for that as, we, uh, as, as we're trudging on towards – wrestlemania i'm excited to see uh you know how that card unfolds how nxt maybe gets involved um it's a two-night deal so that's that's interesting once again and i'm excited to be going through this uh you know with the group of guys we got here on the uh on the wrestling mat podcast big shout out to our wrestling mat podcast team we would not be doing what we do or as fast as we're doing because like the wrestling mat podcast says nobody does it better big shout out to the blueprint 
Big chat out to the Lucha Kid Flash. He's always grinding. The Renegade just got us a special surprise for uh, ECW month. I'm going to kind of keep that on the low low for yeah. show show. Yeah, we got to keep that one under wraps. It, it's fun, though. Uh, just kind of cool to see how the community is helped and how how positive the wrestling wrestling outlook is. Um, Vandy Grad, Brian Craighead, the ultimate kidney warrior, always grinding. Um We've got Diamond D, my real-life best friend. Sometimes he's your worst enemy, and sometimes he can play face. But another just stud, just creative, creativity genius. Um, and, of course, everybody knows Corey Styles. Yeah, you can leave it there. He'll tell you enough about himself. <laughs> it's been your old pleasure. <laughs> but we have, a, we have a stacked roster, man. I'm excited yeah, for the future. Um, this is WrestleMania month. Next pod, you'll be hearing us. WrestleMania 24 with the Lucha and the Renegade and myself. Can't wait to bring it to you. That's Ric Flair's supposedly last match versus Shawn Michaels. That's the firework mishap at the end of the night. I believe that's Undertaker Edge. Just a crazy card from Orlando. But I did hear, I know where I'm just jumping around. Ric Flair wanted to wrestle the other night, but he couldn't get cleared. I was like, Rick. Come yeah. on, man. You don't, man. Uh, anyways, I, I don't want to get deep into Ric Flair. Yeah, we can I, go. I just, I just genuinely Flair. hope, I just genuinely hope for him, <laughs> for his family, that he is financially in a well standing place and that he's not making appearances because he needs to be making appearances. Like, I love Rick and I want the best for him. And that's why I'm saying this. Like, I just, I hope he's in a good spot, man. As uh, Ric Flair would say, all night long. Mm-hmm. Woo! Maddie, get us out of here. Where can they find you? Uh, hit me up on the Twitter, of course, at that Matt Kelly or at the pick is in FFP. We're still dropping those uh, episodes, fantasy football episodes. We're deep into uh, Dynasty Talks. Those are dropping on every Monday as well. So you come here, you get the wrestling mat, you get a dose of the uh, the pick is in fantasy football podcast. You're all set. Your Mondays are better. Uh, so you can hit me up on either one. And of course, uh, like I was saying earlier, we're going to be doing more um uh, of those live tweet events so by all means i'll always tag myself there so you can you can find me and you know uh where it's coming from on those wrestling mat nights so uh yeah man hit me up in any of those spots hit your blueprint up man he's laying the groundwork for a great foundation i am the maddie daddy you can find me right here every week on the wrestling mat podcast i also live a double life a little fantasy football as well the fantasy affair we just kicked back. We're getting taking names and kicking asses. Hot by happy hour drops every Wednesday. Come have a beer. Shoot the shit with the Maddie Daddy. As I always say, keep dreaming, creaming, and screaming, baby. <laughs> At Maddie Daddy 2652. It's been my pleasure, my treasure. is West 54.